Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I'm your host, Christopher. Today's episode will be taking a look at the ninth Quentin Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Why is it so important that this is his ninth film? Well, at ten films, Quentin is done with filmmaking altogether. No more writing, no more directing. He's done. Also, if you didn't know this was his ninth film, I am kind of surprised because they plaster that bitch all over every single advertisement that they have for this movie. Posters, trailers, it always says somewhere in there, the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. So, if you missed that, I'm surprised. Uh, this is actually a very decisive film right now uh, among people. Some seem to love it, some seem to hate it. At all as normal with a new film since it just came out Friday, I will try to keep this review as spoiler-free as possible. If I do delve into some spoiler-ish moments, I will give a heads up, talk about it real quick, and then be done with it. So, I'll give you a countdown, talk about it, and then say, okay, it's done with the spoiler, so you guys kind of know to, I guess, tune in, so just skip like a minute or two. Anyways, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So, let's check out the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. Let's get into the review, shall we? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, from, well, 2019, was directed, of course, by Quentin Tarantino. The film stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton, an actor who's having to deal with his fame declining. He's no longer, you know, in the limelight anymore. He's kind of leaving it. Brad Pitt, who plays Cliff Booth, Rick's best friend and stunt double. Margot Robbie, who plays Sharon Tate. In the film, Timothy Oliphant, who plays Jane Stacy, a new up-and-comer who is pretty much pushing Rick out of the limelight. Al Pacino, who plays Marvin Schwartz, who is pretty much an agent who throws Rick bones every now and then in regards to film and TV shows. He's not in the film that much, but when he's on screen, he is just a blast to have. Same person, another person that fits that category. I think it's his name. I think his name is Mike Mo. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but. He plays Bruce Lee in the film, and when he's on screen as well, it is a blast. I'm going to talk about one of the scenes he's in. It's not a huge spoiler because it was in the trailers. The last person who is just a blast to have in the film is Kurt Russell, who plays Randy, a stunt coordinator. He also narrates the final act of this film, and which regards the Manson murders. There's a little bit of me that's disappointed that he doesn't play Stuntman Mike in this film from Death Proof. But whatever. It's not a big deal. I just... I think it would have been really neat if they would have thrown that little Easter egg in there. But anyways, the plot, I'm going to try to keep as basic as possible for those of you that haven't seen the films that did just come out a few days ago. The story pretty much follows Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth as they try to navigate the film industry that they are no longer in touch with. Times are changing, and really it's more Rick, because Cliff kind of can take it or leave it. He's just there for Rick. But... Rick doesn't want to change 
of course around this time spaghetti westerns were a huge deal and he pretty much says they're shit they're nothing they are just a fad that's gonna pretty much go away none of these movies are gonna be you know aren't worth being in because they're gonna be forgotten about they as I think I think he puts it pretty much they are shit so and it's I think he also says it's a fucking waste. I might be wrong on that one, but he just does not like the idea of <laughs> these kind of new movies coming in. Uh, coming in. So yes, it's their story in the backdrop of a sun-soaked, fleeting golden era of Hollywood. The golden era is moving out, and Rick's having a tough time dealing with it. While their story is going on, we then also have Sharon Tate's story going on. And this is where one of the negatives in the film comes in. She doesn't really have a story. Uh, the She's either singing, dancing, not saying anything, and dancing. And that's about it. Um, the first time we actually meet Sharon Tate, she's on a plane, dancing... And then shows her and Roman Polanski going to a party. No dialogue. And then once at the party, we have dialogue, but not from her. It's from a guy who's playing Steve McQueen, who's talking about her and her relationship. And she's just dancing. The next time we see her, she's dancing. Well, not really dancing, but kind of like doing a little jig. <clears throat> doing a little jig while she's putting clothes in a suitcase. And it cuts to something else. So yes, that's one of the negatives in this film is we don't really get that much. We get quite a bit of time with Sharon Tate, but when we get time with her, there's no like character building. She's just there, if you know what I mean. It's like one. I mean, it's courses in the film. She watches the movie she was in. No dialogue from her. She just kind of looks around and sees how everybody is reacting to her being in the film. Even before then, I mean. We get a long, pretty much shot of her walking across the street and walking into a bookstore, saying a joke, walking back out. It's so we don't really get that much with Sharon. We just kind of pop in every now and then and see what she's up to. So this is where I'm gonna kind of get into spoilers. So for those of you that haven't seen the film, be wary. If I get, if I feel like I'm getting too much into spoilers, I'll let you guys know. But even though Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about the Sharon Tate murders and the Manson family. This film pretty much revolves around, and mainly, actually mainly revolves around, Rick and Cliff's relationship as best friends, and Rick trying to deal with... real uh, Rick realizing he's no longer the main star anymore. He is... He has to deal with pretty much... Uh, being out of the limelight. Cliff, on the other hand, is just kind of there for fun. Um, he helps out around the house with uh, Rick. And we actually... Um, he's the one that interacts with the Manson family a little bit. During the second act is when we actually finally get introduced to them. And here we go with spoilers. But, I mean... It, it's kind of a thing I need to talk about because a lot of people are having issues with it. So, spoilers, but... I don't think you need to really skip over this. So, during the second act, when Cliff kind of meets the Manson family, 
we do get introduced to Charlie. The only time, the this is the first time we meet Charlie, and the only time we meet Charlie, he shows up, says a few things, leaves, is never in the film again. Cliff goes to uh, picks up one of the girls from the Manson family pussycat, takes her back to Spawn Ranch, and we get a really good scene where he kind of keeps prodding them. And he's, we're seeing how far he can push them before something bad happens. And I actually almost thought he was going to die. He doesn't, but it's just super tense where, um, I guess that's kind of a spoiler. But anyways, yeah, it's like, it's executed really well. It's a very tense scene and I almost thought he was going to get killed just because how he keeps prodding and pushing at, you know, just pushing this family to the, you know, just to like almost the breaking point. So that's a very good scene. Um actually a very good length in this film which is the second act which takes up quite a bit of time but yes we do get introduced to the Manson family in this and they're not in the film as much as a lot of people wanted them to be they wanted this to be a Quentin uh, Quentin Tarantino movie about the Manson family that is not what this film is it is really just about a guy and his best friend navigating Hollywood now I'm trying to talk if you are a fan of 60s era television movies. You will love this film from all the name drops and the references to films from that era. You will love this movie. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, and it is amazing. Uh, the shots in this film is amazing. He re- uh, Quentin really did a good job at executing. You feel like you're in the 60s. Every time uh, when everybody's in a car, there's always music from that era playing or radio ads from that era playing whenever they're in a car and there's no dialogue there is always something going on that kind of sells you that you're in this era we'll get some shots of TV um, one of my favorite shots in this film is we're following Cliff home he was kind of next to a drive-in theater and we kind of get an over uh, not really an overlay but we get certain shots to see what they're watching and I can't remember I don't I don't think it's an actual film but I could be wrong we get that chilling in the uh, in the background. We also get uh, certain TV sets with shows playing. So it's always something from that area. And of course, the film grain too, the grain he loves to use. We also get that over a bunch um, of when they're also shown as well. One of the best moments in this film happens, and I don't want to give it away, but I'll give a hint. One of the characters I talked about earlier, it's one of his films, and they uh, do something with Rick, and it's just, it's perfect. Um, it got a huge pop in the theater that I was in. A lot of people thought it was just hilarious. And that's another thing I want to talk to um, you about as well, is the humor in this film is top-notch almost. I mean, it's a Quentin Tarantino film. Throughout the movie, they will kind of show things Rick has been in in regards to movies and television shows and they always have that grain from the time where you know you know what I'm talking about it just it looks like it's from the era uh it's technically not a spoiler but when he has the flamethrower when he's roasting Nazis just having that film grain on it it's just it looks amazing that's basically all I can say it's wonderful as well as the sets, kind of, I kind of got off topic there, but yes, the sets, um, it paints, it looks like Hollywood in the 60s, especially when they drive up and down the boulevard, you see, you know, 
signs that from well, looks like they are from the 60s, I guess you could say. All the vehicles are from the 60s era vehicles. A Volkswagen bus shows up. So they really, really show that you're in this era, and I absolutely love it. Pretty much grade A game in that one, so that was top notch. Negatives in this film, besides the Sharon Tate um, kind of character development, one thing a lot of people have with this film is that it seems like the characters don't really change over the course of the film. Like, there's no kind of character arc. I kind of agree with it for Cliff's character, but Rick, I kind of see it because at the beginning of the film, he's kind of a stiff asshole who does and he doesn't want to change. But as the film progresses, he kind of realizes he needs to. So there's a little bit of progression in that where kind of Cliff is Cliff. He doesn't really change much. Same with Sharon Tate. She doesn't have really any character at all, so you can't really give a character arc to a character who has no character, I guess. Who has no personality. There's nothing to change there. She's just a, a ditz, pretty much, in the film. So, for me, personally, this is, I would say, my top... top My top five of Quentin Tarantino films. Uh, first one, of course, being Reservoir Dogs. Second one being Hateful Eight. Third being... <laughs> Pulp Fiction, of course. Fourth being Kill Bill, Volume 1. And then fifth being uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This actually is a very high... It, I actually really enjoyed this film. I know a lot of people were kind of mixed about it. But I thought this was a really good film. The story that's there is very fun and entertaining. Uh, kind of peeking behind the curtain, if you will, to that era. You know, we see a film, uh, we see a TV show set in production and all the things they have to go through with that. So that's really a fun thing, especially for me since I love movies in that regards and I've always wanted to do something, you know, in the film, uh, kind of filmmaking, the seeing all, you know, the pretty much, like I said, behind the curtain in regards to that, just seeing all the, you know, stuff they had to do back then. It was really fun. Along with being uh, somewhat knowledgeable of the pop culture from that era as well. I had a lot of, you know, fun kind of picking up on some of the references and little Easter eggs, I guess you could say, around that time period. I went with my father-in-law and he was cracking up at some of the some of the names and stuff like that they were kind of parroting and making fun of. So, he enjoyed the film as well. So, if you're in for a very fun movie and a more mature Tarantino film, this is definitely it. If you're looking just for a fun film involving the Manson family, you're not going to get it here. Go watch something else if you just want to see a Manson film. You're not. This isn't. This doesn't really focus on that. It's kind of a lacking um, aspect of this film. I didn't really care for it either way. I was f- totally focused on just what happened with Rick and Cliff. I really almost didn't even care about the Manson family, honestly. So, I personally love this film. I would almost go see it again right now. It is definitely something I'm going to be buying on Blu-ray when it does come out. 
So that's for me. I love this film. It's really just up to you. I would definitely say check this out and make sure your theater is packed because then it just kind of, of course, always makes the film better. But I guess in the case you don't catch a joke, you'll kind of be able to figure out what's going on. But anyways, anyways, as another, as my review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a really good Quentin Tarantino film, but not his best work, but also definitely not his worst work. It is a solid movie, I have to say. Anyways, thank you, thank you guys, and let's go on to the outro to do well, the normal outro stuff, I guess. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. If there's a certain video game or movie you'd like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor, on the Facebook page, or the Instagram page. If you don't follow me on Facebook or Instagram, just look up Slasher Supreme Podcast and you will find me to keep up to date on whatever is going on with the channel. Normally just get notifications when the show or when a new episode is getting released because I'm not that social apparently on those sites. Anyways, today's uh, fun facts are actually over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The first fun fact is that Margot Robbie actually wears some of Sharon Tate's real jewelry. Sharon's sister Deborah loaned out some of the jewelry to Margot for the film. The second fun fact is that Clint Tarantino said that this, since his story has many parallels, it almost comes close to his earlier work, Pulp Fiction. So, that's from the man himself. He said that this very, it's almost similar to that story, even though it doesn't really cut around like Pulp Fiction does. Anyways, uh, kind of previews for next week, yet again, will be the 30th episode. So, of course, since I cannot plan ahead will be Evil Dead, the remake, and a Serbian film. Yes, we'll be finally going back into horror movies, and I will not feel so out of place uh, in regards to reviewing a movie, since we have done an action movie, uh, I guess you could say a, a crime drama, sort of, in this one, mainly a drama, and then a rom-com, so yeah, this is for my mother's birthday. So, yes, we'll be finally going back into horror, and we'll be kicking it to 11 because we'll be starting it off with an extreme horror film i can't wait because that film does not sound fun at all i'm trying to go into a blind but every now and then something sneaks through but anyways i will see you guys on next episode of slasher supreme (sighs) let's get psyched for this one i'll see you guys then